Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Sunday um, out of those 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'm believing that God has done some incredible things over those 21 days um, that's going to carry us, propel us, and um, and uh, just be a foundation for our entire year, so I'm thankful about that. Turn to somebody, welcome them in the house today, say, I'm glad to see you, you braved the cloudy weather. And um, I just, uh, I want to say to the church, I'm so proud of our church, and I just want to say thank you um, for uh, jumping right in with these 21 days that we do every uh, January, following along with us, and we just had some incredible things happen. I want to talk a little bit about that today, but I mean, we had, we had prayer every morning here at 6 a.m. Um, there were folks that came and led in worship. Somebody brought a devotion every day of those 21 days in the morning at 6 a.m., and there was some cold mornings, and, uh, but it was just, we had like a full house, I'm telling you, like seriously, there was so many people every single day, it was just awesome, and um, I just love to see that hunger, I'm so proud to be a part of a, a church family like this, and it was just, just awesome, and yeah, uh, last Sunday was as well, um, we just had two just absolutely packed out services. I think they were bringing in chairs in that second service. They might still be back there. Um, they were bringing in chairs to accommodate everybody in that second service. But not not just that there was a lot of people in the room, but that, that there was the power of God. People were hungry. There was worship. There was prayer. There was just outpourings of God's presence and His Spirit in the house. And um, I just, I can't even tell you everything, but um, it was a great, great day. And I want to keep it going. And so if you want to keep it going, say amen. And I'm going to just read one verse today. So it said, now I got to tell you, this is in the context. Um, how many know in the book of Acts, sometimes they would record uh, the sermon that was being preached. They didn't have YouTube, so they wrote it down and they put it in Acts. And this is the message that Peter was preaching. And in the middle of his message, he quotes a prophet named Joel from the Old Testament. And here's, here's what I want you to catch today. The prophecy that Joel gave, they were seeing with their own eyes. I want you that to soak in, because that's all, that's, what, that's all I'm preaching today. There are prophecies, visions, and dreams that God will give us Someday we'll wake up and say it's happening in our midst. And this is what Peter was doing. He was preaching and he was just in a, he was just in a prayer meeting. He was in a 10-day prayer meeting and that Jesus had instructed them to go to. And he's in this 10-day prayer meeting and 
13 verses earlier, the power and the presence of God falls in such a mighty way that they said it was like fire that was in them and on them. And Peter's preaching and he says, I just remember the prophet Joel said that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And Peter is saying, this is what we're seeing right here and right now. This is the fulfillment of the vision, the prophecy, and the dream of Joel. We're alive in it right here and right now. Now, that gets me excited, but I'm going to preach about it today. So say hello to somebody one more time. You can be seated. I just want to preach about dreams and visions. I don't know how this message is going to go. Sometimes I, I don't, but this is just on my heart today and um, everything that has been going on the last couple weeks. So if you'll preach with me, I hope you will. Uh, you know, last Sunday, we had miracles in this house. Um, we really and truly did. Um, and it, it's a fulfillment. It was a fulfillment of things that we were praying about over those 21 days. At the beginning of those of that 21 days, we had service, and I said, find something that you're fasting for. Find something that you're praying for. And I believe that God can, can root that in your heart. It's, uh, we talked about it all month. Uh, we talked about a righteous appetite. And when we hunger and thirst after righteous things, God will fill it. We had miracles in this house. I, I told the church on Wednesday night for our first Wednesday service, uh, and I'll, I'll just repeat it because Jesus used to repeat himself. He said, as I said before, so now I say again. So I want to just say it again because it's worth saying again. My phone was ringing all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and all day Wednesday with people just giving me testimonies and amazing things that God had done and things that were on their heart. I I took two phone calls of, of parents that were praying for adult children. One of them was out of state, and they said that Sunday afternoon, their adult child called them and uh, began to, they had a conversation. They had a conversation about what God was doing in their life, and it was a great answer to prayer. I had a few people tell me that things were happening in their children's lives. Our son was baptized, water baptized on the second service, which was awesome. And so I'll just kind of get that in there for my family. But we had people, uh, I had at least two people tell me that there was a divine healing, a dem demonstrated, they felt it immediately as they came forward and they left from this place not feeling the same way that they came in, that it was a powerful healing miracle that, that was undeniable to them. Uh, we had people baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time. We had people just, just, just compelled by the power of God. Uh, I had so many people telling me things I was praying for. I'm beginning to see break. I'm beginning to see happen. I had two people tell me that things that they were praying for to happen on their job has already happened. And I had a third person tell me that something they're praying for is possibly happening. And I just believe that God is a God that puts dreams and visions into our heart. And when we seek Him, when we follow after Him, we'll step into a moment where we say, I'm seeing it happen around me. And it, when, when we were praying over folks last Sunday, I, I didn't set out to pray this, but as we were praying for families and as they came forward, it was just in my spirit to pray this verse. And especially over the children, especially over the young people that came through, I was praying, Lord, just give them a vision, give them a dream, uh, let, let your vision happen in their life. And how many know that anybody younger than you is a young person, right? So I was like half the church I was praying this prayer over, right? I think when I'm 80, somebody that's 78 is going to be a young person, right? Anybody younger than you is a young person. I thought somebody would say amen there. I don't know. And so the, the young folks that were coming through, I was saying, God, give them a dream. Give them a vision. Paint a vision in their life and, and for your will and your ways and your callings to be done in their life. And as I began to think on this promise of Joel that was quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost, I was reminded that this promise is not just for young folks, 
it said the young will see visions, and it said the old will dream dreams. So that means the young and the old, this promise is for. This promise is for all. This promise is for everybody. And I say whether you're young or old or somewhere in the middle, God has a dream and a vision for your life. I'll tell you you're not too young. I'll tell you you're not too old. I thought somebody would get a real big blessing on that. You're not too young and you're not too old to get a vision and a dream from heaven. Now notice it said in that verse, let me see it one more time, Acts 2 and 17. It said, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. How many believe that? How many have seen that? How many have received that, that in time blessing? And then I want to show you, it says three things will happen when the Holy Spirit is poured out. So when the Holy Spirit is poured out, we can expect three things to happen. The first one is that our sons and daughters, the next generation, will prophesy. When, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, there's, that God will put a word in your spirit, and as you believe it, you will say it. How many know you'll hear it before you'll say it? And you'll say it before you see it. But that's the process of faith is that you hear the word of God in your spirit like a still small voice. And as that begins to ring in your spirit, there's an overflow and you just can't help but say it to somebody. Somebody comes to you with a problem. You say, I don't know how, but I know God's a way maker. I don't know how, but greater is he that's in you than he that is in. I don't know how, but I just, I read in this book somewhere. That if God is for you, who can be against you? Now, I'm, I'm trying to still teach and not preach yet, but I'm going to try to get there at the end. Now, a lot of times when we hear prophecy or prophesy, how many think of the book of Revelation? Think of horses, think of battles. Think of all of those things. But I'll tell you that prophecy is much more than that. Uh, in fact, prophecy is two things. I like to say it this way. It's faith talk and it's future talk. Future talk is the foretelling. It's, it's I might be seeing this, but God is speaking something into my spirit that we don't see yet because we're not there yet. But it's very real to me and I'm going to foretell over your life and just tell you, Son, if you'll stick with God, God will do great things in your life. Daughter, if you'll stick with God, I don't know how, but God is going to do great things in your life. That's foretelling. There's also foretelling. That would be the faith talk. That would just be saying, look, it's written right here that God is God, that God is your creator, that God is still on the throne. And no matter what's going on in your life, I want you to know that God's still in control. Whatever needs in your life, it says right here that our Father in heaven gives all perfect gifts from the heaven above. It says right here that his eye is on the sparrow and not even the sparrow falls without God's eye seeing it. And I just want to tell you today that God sees right where you're at. That God hears every prayer that you pray. That he caught every tear that you cry. That is foretelling. That is faith talk. That's prophecy. And that is speaking that out in faith. And then the second thing is that the Bible says that young folks will see visions. Young people will see visions. And so when the Holy Spirit is poured out, as, it, as we've seen in this house, I believe people went away with a vision for their life. God was painting a picture of what could happen in their life. It's not something that they could see with natural eyes. It's not something they saw driving home that day. But it's something God showed them with spiritual eyes. Not with natural eyes, but with spiritual eyes. And God began to pull a curtain back for what He could do in their life. It might be so far down the road that you couldn't see it, and it's even hard to believe, but God, how many know God can give you that spiritual telescope, that you just get a glimpse of what God can do a year down the road, or 10 years down the road, and it's a vision that, I, I don't know how to get there, God. I, I can't make that happen, but I believe that God can make it happen. 
And I believe God can get me there. And I believe if God painted that picture in my spirit, God just has a way of getting me to that place. It's a glimpse. It's a snapshot. It's a picture that God has painted. I believe it was a picture that God painted for the prophet Joel. Someday, my spirit's going to be poured out on all flesh. It's not just going to be for the tribe of Abraham. But Joel, I'm painting a picture for you. And that picture was painted so much in Joel's mind that he began to speak it out in faith and say, someday, this promise, this end time blessing is going to be for all flesh. That was God painting a picture in his mind. Thirdly, it said that the old men will dream dreams. We ought to say amen to that. Old men, old women, old folks, old people going to dream dreams. I love that it said old folks are going to dream dreams. Young people are getting visions from God, but it's not over for the old folks. They're still dreaming dreams. And I like to say if a vision is a picture, a dream is a videotape. I want a dream from heaven. I want a dream from the Holy Spirit. I tell you, a dream from heaven is not what you think about when you're asleep. (laughs) Dreams aren't just conjured up in your mind while you're asleep. But a dream from heaven is deposited by God into your spirit. And I just say, a God-given dream doesn't come from falling asleep eating pizza. But it comes in prayer. It comes by fasting. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And and from this, I like to say that dreams and visions are how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. A word is is what we get and we begin to prophesy. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just speak in words. The Holy Spirit will give you a vision. The Holy Spirit will play something out in a dream. And I believe as you get that word, and as you get that picture, and as you get that video reel playing in your mind, that all of a sudden your faith begins to soar. All of a sudden, I'm not content with just living down here, but God gave me a dream. God gave me a vision. I know what it is right now, but God gave me a vision of what it could be. If I seek God and I trust Him and I put Him first. And somebody with a dream and a vision might say, Yeah, I know what's going on, but God gave me a dream of what could happen if I'll just fast and if I'll pray over that situation. A dreamer might say, I know where I'm at, but God gave me a dream of where I'm going. A dreamer might say, You know what? I know this is in my past, I know that I got mixed up, and I know that I messed up, but God gave me a vision, and God gave me a dream that I'm not who I used to be, but now I'm a child of God, and I'm walking with Him, and it might have always been this way with my family. We might have always had this problem or we might have always been dealing with this. But God gave me a dream for my home and for my marriage and for my kids that it's going to be different because God's blessing is on my home. God's favor is on my family. God gave me a dream and a vision for what can happen when I seek Him first. And I just feel something audacious in me today that I'm not comfortable, I'm not content. There's a holy discontent in my spirit. I don't know, I'm just passionate about these 21 days. I've got a vision from God. I've got a dream from God. I want to tell God's people today that anything is possible with Him. Start praying big prayers again. Get big faith for your life. Get a vision for your children. Get a dream for the next generation. Believe it. See it. Say it. Dream it. Speak it. Because God has a dream and a vision for his people. If you believe that, somebody ought to say amen. I wanted to tell you about the most famous dreamer in the Bible. And I'll tell you, when you have a dream, there'll be opposition. The Bible says that Joseph was a dreamer. In fact, he was called a dreamer. Genesis 37 and 19, they said of Joseph, they said, here comes that dreamer. 
Now, when I read that outside of the context, I think that's a compliment. (laughs) But if you know that old Sunday school story, his brothers were not complimenting him. They were making fun of him. They were mocking him. It wasn't, oh, great, here comes the dreamer. It was, here comes the dreamer. And Joseph had some big dreams. He had these dreams that he was going to be elevated to a position of blessing that he was able to bless his brothers. He said that, that he said that God gave him a dream that he would be a bright star in the sky, but that the others would bow to him, but that he would be an overflow blessing to his brothers. Now, they already didn't like Joseph because they didn't share the same mother. They didn't like Joseph because dad showed some favoritism to him. But when God gives you a dream, know that there'll be some obstacles. I think sometimes God gives us a vision of something that's out there a year or a decade or 30 years. But God doesn't give us the full map. God gave Joseph a dream, but he... He didn't, he forgot, I was going to say he forgot, I don't think God forgot. He left out the part about the pit. He left out the part about Potiphar's wife. He left out the part about the prison. And I just want to speak to somebody today that maybe your dream has died in an obstacle. Maybe your dream has died in a hard season. I think that a lot of times people's dream die like when Joseph was thrown into a pit when he was locked away in a prison, when he was lied about by Potiphar's wife, when he was betrayed and forgotten by the butler and the baker. But I'll tell you, when God gives you a dream, nothing can stop it but you. God put an anointing on David that he would make it to the throne. Saul couldn't stop him. The mighty men couldn't stop him. The spears couldn't stop him. The king couldn't stop him because God had a dream and a vision and a calling and an anointing. There was obstacles between David and the throne. But I want to tell somebody today, if God gave you that dream, if God gave you that anointing, if God gave you that vision, if God put that calling on your life, there is nothing, not hell, not a pit, Not an obstacle, not a prison, not an opponent, not an enemy. If God is for me, somebody ought to get that in their spirit today. Who can be against me? Somebody ought to say amen right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I love about God. He knows that sometimes that dream is hard to hold on to. The Bible says in Genesis 37 and 9 that God gave Joseph another dream. It said that it confirmed the dream. He said, I had another dream. Because dreaming at one time was not enough. Joseph needed confirmation to endure the pit in the prison. And I'll tell you that one breakthrough in the altar isn't enough sometimes. You need to be refilled. You need to be refueled. You need to be recharged. You need to see that vision again. Lord, let me see that vision again. Lord, let me have that dream again. Lord, confirm that call again. David said, Lord, let me feel your Holy Spirit again. I I need that boldness one more time. I need that confirmation one more time. And I just want to preach to somebody today that maybe your dream died in the field. Maybe you gave up praying that prayer that God put in your heart when you were a young man or a young woman. Maybe your faith is low. I want to tell you, God can give you that dream again. God can confirm that dream again. Acts chapter 2 said there's no age limit on this thing. God can give you that dream again. First thing I want to say today is that God-given dreams will lift you above your circumstance. A God-given dream doesn't care where you're at right now. Only matters where God is taking you. Joseph had been given a dream of a palace. He had been given a dream of being a bright star in the sky. It was very obvious that his dream was giving him a powerful position of influence, a position of authority, and that ultimately he would provide for his family. 
Now, the older brothers didn't want to hear that, and so they got tired of this dreamer, and they took him, they tore this coat that his father had made for him, they dipped it in animal's blood, they dig a pit, they throw him in a pit, and they leave him for dead, and they take that garment back to their father and say, we don't know what happened to Joseph, but we found his coat of many colors with blood on it. Dad, we're so sorry, we don't know what happened. But the Bible says that God moved on the heart of his brother Judah to lift him up out of that pit. Because God-given dreams will lift you out of your circumstance. Then they said, well, we can profit off of him. Let's sell him into slavery. Here's what it says in Genesis 39, verse 3. It said, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made... that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Now, he's a slave, but his master sees some type of favor on this man because every field he touches prospers. Every building he builds prospers. Every time he touches something, it's blessed. And so the next verse says, Joseph found favor in his sight, and he served him. Then the master made him overseer of the house and all that he put under his authority. When God's anointing is on you, it doesn't matter what your current situation is, what your current circumstance is, what your current position is. Then Joseph was lied about. He was thrown into prison. If you think the Bible is boring, go ahead and read these couple chapters on the way home tonight. Joseph was lied about by Potiphar's wife. She said something happened that didn't happen. And he was thrown into prison. Verse number 21 of, chapter, of that same chapter says, The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor, even in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in prison. And whatever they did there, it was his doing. So now he's a prisoner. But he's elevated above all the other prisoners and given authority over the prison to the point that whatever happened there, go back one, I'm mixed up there, go to verse 22. It said, whatever they did there was his doing. He's calling the shots. He's making the decisions. And then verse 23 says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Let him do whatever he wants to do. I trust him because the Lord was with him. Watch it now. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. This is powerful because if you're a slave, you're supposed to be a slave and limited to your status. If you're a prisoner, you're supposed to be prohibited and limited by your position. But I just want to say one more time, if God gave you the dream, you can say, I might have been left for dead in a pit. I might have been thrown into slavery. I might have been thrown into prison. But none of, I, I might... I might have been a slave, but that's I'm a child of God. I might have been a prisoner, but I'm a child of God. I might have been left for dead, but I'm on the way to the palace. I might be a slave right now, but God has given me a dream. God has given me a vision. God has given me an anointing. God has given me... Oh, and I just know that I might be here right now, but it's not where I'm going. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. You are, when you are a child of God, your dream does not consult your current situation. Joseph was not limited by a pit, not limited by a prison, not limited as a slave. And I just want to preach to you today, you're not limited by your past, you're not limited by your failure, you're not limited by your family tree, you're not limited by the economy, you're not limited by what's going on in your world, you're not limited by the people around you, you're not limited by what you've come from, what's going on around you, you're not limited by what somebody called you, you're not limited by your worst day. 
You are not limited by anything because God has given you a dream. And if God gave you that dream, know today there's no limitation with Him. It might have been impossible with man, but with God all things are possible. Somebody ought to get it in their spirit today. I might be in a pit, but I'm going to the palace. I might be in the prison, but I'm going to the palace. Somebody ought to hold on to that dream today. Somebody ought to say, God, let me dream again. Let me see it again. Let me feel your spirit one more time. Because that dream is taking me to where I'm going. You know, in 1 Kings chapter 3, the Lord came to Solomon, the Bible said, in a dream. Solomon asked for wisdom in that dream. And God told him, Solomon, because you asked, did not ask for victory over your enemies, because you didn't ask for more wealth, but because you asked for wisdom, son, I'm giving you all three. I'm giving you power over your enemies. I'm giving you plenty of wealth. And I'm giving you wisdom. Here's what's amazing about what Solomon asked for is that he asked for it in a dream. The whole conversation, the Bible said, happened in a spiritual dream. Solomon asked for wisdom. I just happened to wonder if he was awake and in the flesh. Maybe his flesh would have taken the other options. Maybe his flesh would have said, Lord, yeah, I want to be the, all the wealth. I want all the wealth. Maybe his flesh would have said, I want all the power. But guess what? His flesh was not in charge. Remember, Acts 2 said that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, you'll have visions and dreams. So the flesh is not in charge of that dream. But the Spirit is in charge of that dream. All of a sudden, my spirit is saying, Lord, I just want wisdom to serve your people. God, I just want your hand on me. Lord, I just know that you can do it if you'll just bless me in this way. I know that everything will take care of itself. And so Solomon had this opportunity to ask for anything in a dream. But he said, Lord, just give me wisdom. And here's what I love about that dream is that dream took him above his circumstance. Solomon was a young king. He didn't have the age to attain that type of wisdom. He didn't have the experience to have that type of wisdom. Can I say he didn't have the gray hair to have that type of wisdom. But it was a dream that lifted him above his circumstance. It was a dream that took him beyond his ability and tapped into what God could do. This is why Solomon penned the words in Proverbs 29 that where there is no vision, people perish. You might think this message today is a feel-good, pillow-talk type of, of message. But I'll tell you, it's crucial, it's vital that God puts a vision in your spirit. Because it's a vision that gets you through the valley... It's a vision that gets you through the prison. It's a vision that gets you out of the pit. And it's a vision that gets you out of your ability and into God's ability. I want to tell somebody today, get a vision for your life. Get a dream for your life. Get a vision and a dream from heaven. You know, the second thing I want to say today is that God-given dreams don't just bless you, but they bless others. In fact, Joseph's dream was all about blessing others. These brothers misinterpreted the dream thinking, Brother, we're not going to bow down to you. How many have younger siblings? Your younger sibling comes to you and says, You're going to bow down to me. You're going to say, No, I'm not, buddy. But they misinterpreted the dream. Joseph's dream was that when you guys are in need, I'm going to be there for you. When you guys are in lack, I'm going to be a blessing to you. When you guys run out, I'm going to be generous because God has blessed me to be a blessing. And I'll tell you that God-given dreams will bless others. Yeah, I, I love this story. I read it. I believe I gave it to the church before, but maybe not. Um, it said that by the time Epcot opened down on the south side of town in Walt Disney World, 
that Walt Disney had passed away. In fact, he spent the last few days of his life just downloading all the things, the visions that were in his mind, just downloading all of the dreams that was in his heart to his brother, Roy, that began to put pen to paper for everything that Walt had in his brain and in his heart, and he passed away very quickly. But on the day that Epcot opened, somebody said to Mrs. Disney, his widow, Somebody made the comment to his wife, I wish Walt was here to see this day. To which she replied, he already saw it. That's why we're here. And I'll tell you, when God gives you a dream, it's not just for you, but it's to bless others. I'd like to tell you today that we're sitting in this church building today because of a neighborhood Bible study. A neighborhood Bible study that turned into a neighborhood prayer meeting. A neighborhood prayer meeting that got so big that the house they were in could not contain it. And they said, there's some land across the street there. Let's build a house of God for people to come together and to worship. And I'll tell you that we are blessed today because of the vision and the dream and the prophecy that God gave somebody a generation before us. And I want to tell you today, it's upon us. It's on old men to dream dreams that outlive your generation. It's on young men to see visions that will come to pass in their lifetime. Because God will give you a dream that will bless other people. I love what Joseph's father, again, on his deathbed, Jacob, what he began to prophesy over his sons. And he began to prophesy over Joseph and he said this in Genesis 49, 22. As he laid his hands on each one of his sons, he spoke a prophecy over them. And he said, Joseph is a fruitful vine. He's a fruitful vine near a spring. He's a fruitful vine that has the resource of running water. And his branches are climbing over the wall. What he was prophesying over his son is that this boundary is not going to hold you. This tribe of Abraham is not going to hold you. But the fruit that God has from your life is going to grow over the wall and bless people beyond our family, beyond our tribe, beyond your generation, beyond your walls. And God is calling you to be fruitful to people that you maybe never met before. But your blessing is going over your wall. And I want to say that to you today, that when you allow God to give you a vision and a dream, maybe only eternity will tell us the blessing that you were to somebody's life. And I was reading this verse yesterday, I thought about how we did that offering to build churches in Guatemala. I might not ever meet them. I might not ever see them. I might not ever be able to know what God does in their life. But there's fruit that's growing over this wall. There's a blessing that's overflowing from this house. And only eternity will tell the story of the fruit that climbs over the wall. Somebody say amen. Last thing I want to say today. You know what? Keys come. I think I'll close quicker if we do that. I don't know what time it is. You know, actually I see what time it is. The problem is I don't know how long I was preaching. I know what time it is. We're okay. You don't have to look at your watch. There's nowhere to go anyways. I don't think anybody's going to the beach today. Um, might as well just stay here for the second service. You already know the punchlines. God-given dreams come true. This isn't something that I just dreamed up in my brain. This isn't something I ate too much pizza and I had some crazy dream of owning a hundred fleet Ferraris. Now, if that is a spiritual dream, let me drive one, please. Just give me one. You got a hundred of them. It's okay. I believe God can bless us with wealth. Wealth is a blessing in the Bible. Because to accomplish what God wants to do in this day, we need wealth. We need resources. God-given dreams come true. Listen to Joseph's dream that he had 
and what the Bible says happened to him as a teenager. Now, I'm, I'm not landing the plane, so I love this music in the background. Sounds great. You ever been over the Orlando airport and you're circling the airport? They're not actually landing yet. That's where we're at. We're just circling the, we're just circling the airport. Genesis 37, 6 and 7, it says, He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. And he had this dream as a young man. And he never knew at that moment that someday he was going to wake up and that dream was a reality. Peter probably never realized when that rooster was crowing three times. In just a matter of, of 50 days from now, I'm going to wake up in the dream and the prophecy of the prophet Joel. And Joseph, when he woke up that day, I guarantee you he never thought, today's the day I'm going to wake up in the dream I had as a teenager that I'm going to be a blessing to my brothers. If you don't know the context, I, I did my best to, to give this story about Joseph today, but it literally spans uh, 15, 16 chapters. I, I didn't have the time today. But if anybody had a right to give up on the dream, I'll tell you Joseph had a right to give up. If anybody had a right to throw in the towel... I mean, if anybody had a right to say, okay, God, you know, when I had the dream, my brothers beat me up over it, and, and they, they faked my death and threw me in a pit, they kidnapped me, they mocked me, they thought I overheard them talking about killing me, and then I think the only reason they pulled me up out of that pit is they knew they could get some money for me, and they sold me in that caravan to Egypt, and then... If that wasn't enough to give up on the dream, he's doing his best working for a man named Potiphar as a slave. And he's accused falsely of something happening with the man's wife. And he goes to prison. And if that didn't make him give up on the dream, he spent 14 years serving a sentence for something he did not do. Everybody looking at him thinking he did something awful that he didn't do for 14 years. And a baker and a butler, he interprets dreams for them. They promise him that when they get out that they will get him out as well. But the Bible says that both of them forgot him. When Joseph finally gets out of the prison, it's because he interpreted a dream for Pharaoh. Pharaoh had this dream of seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. And they said, you know what? There's a guy in the prison that can interpret dreams. He has favor with God. And they go and they talk to Joseph and Joseph says, I can interpret that dream for you, Pharaoh. The seven skinny cows and the seven fat cows. The seven fat cows represent seven years of plenty. They're going to be harvests where we have more than we can eat. They're going to be harvests where we can't use everything that comes. But the seven skinny cows are seven years of lack. And so you would be wise to use those seven years of plenty to save up for the seven years of lack. And as it began to happen exactly as Joseph prophesied, Pharaoh begins to elevate this man and says, God must be on him. Because he said this would be a bountiful year, and it's the best year I've ever had. And as the second year came, he said, God must be on him, because this second year is the greatest year we've ever had. He actually told Joseph, I want you in charge of the economy. I want you to store up the grain, store up the corn, store up all of these things, because I want you in charge of the distribution when we hit those seven years of famine, because I believe seven years of famine are coming because you were right about the seven years of plenty. And then on that day, there's famine in the land. He's been elevated to the right hand of Pharaoh. He's the governor of Egypt. 
He's over all of the commerce, over all of the crops, and he's managing the overflow of the seven years to make it through the seven years of famine. And in this moment, in Genesis chapter 42 and 9, his brothers have traveled to ask for food so that they can survive the famine. Joseph, in this moment, has the ability to say yes or to say no. In this moment, he has the ability to step into his dream or to destroy his dream. If he repays evil with evil, he'll destroy the dream that God had given him. But if he recognizes, I'm blessed to be a blessing, he will enact the dream that God had put in his life. And the Bible says that when he saw his brothers, he recognized them. He sees Reuben. He sees Judah. He sees Gad. He sees Benjamin. And he begins to be so overwhelmed with emotion. He recognizes them, but they don't recognize him because of the Egyptian uh, outfit that he had. And the Bible says he's so overwhelmed with emotion that he escapes to his private office into a side room and he begins to weep. The Bible said that his servants could hear him weeping and crying. And I have to believe that as all those memories were surfacing of his brothers throwing him in the pit, of his brothers tearing the garment off of him, of his brothers talking about his fate, of being a teenager riding in a slave cart to a foreign land, of being lied about and betrayed and forgotten and thrown into prison and all of that anger and all of that why me and all of those questions began to come out in tears and all of those years began to parade through his mind. The Bible said that after he finished weeping privately, he emerged from the private office, he looked at them and Genesis 42 said, Joseph remembered the dream he remembered the dream it would have been so easy to remember the pit would have been so easy to remember the betrayal it would have been so easy to remember the prison cell it would have been so easy to remember being forgotten being left for dead and to remember all the bad things but Joseph made the decision I'm going to remember the dream because what God, the vision God gave me I'm in my youth, I'm stepping into in my old age. And the, and the dream was that the stars would bow to my star and that their sheaves would need my sheave. And at that moment it occurred to him that God allowed the famine, God allowed the pit, God allowed the prison, God allowed the lies, God allowed the betrayal to bring him to this moment to fulfill the dream of his youth. And he steps out of that private room and he reveals himself to his brothers. In chapter 50, verse 20, they're afraid and they realize, oh my goodness, this is Joseph. Surely he's going to throw us in prison. Surely he's going to put the sword to us. And Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to save many lives. You meant it for evil, but God gave me the dream way back then. Because if God didn't give me the dream, I might have thrown you in prison. If God didn't give me the vision, I might not be able to forgive. But that vision that God gave me so long ago, I'm now stepping into the vision. I'm now seeing the dream played out in my life. And I realize that God does all things good. That he does all things well. Even the bad things, even the lies, even the pit, even the prison, God uses it all to bring about the vision and the dream that God put in my life. Oh, somebody ought to stand in their feet and just give God a praise. Come on, somebody realize today, every heart 
for my good. Every hard chapter, God is writing the story of my life. Here's what I want to do. I want to give us time to pray today. Because even if I preached another 30 minutes or an hour, I could not do what one moment in the presence of God can do. One word from God's Spirit will allow you to prophesy over your children. One vision, one picture that God paints in your mind can give you a vision to get through the pit and the, and the prison all the way to the palace. One dream. I, I'm praying for dreams. Because a dream, I, I just, when I, when I felt that this week, I, I just, I know I say this sometimes, I just took a lap around my desk. If a vision is a Polaroid, be old enough for that. If a vision is a Polaroid, a dream is a VHS tape. I'm praying for a dream to happen in your spirit. I'm going to pray over you, and as I do, I'm going to invite you to come. And if you just come to this altar today, I just, I feel like maybe this is a, a kneel at the altar altar call. I feel like this is a, a weep in the presence of God altar call. I feel like this is just a hand raised surrender altar call today and just say, Lord, and as I pray, I'm inviting you to come. I'm inviting you to fill this altar. Lord, I just pray over your people today that as your spirit is poured out, I believe that you'll give your people a word to prophesy. I believe you'll give your people a vision in their spirit, God. I believe you'll give a dream in their heart, God. And I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. I believe every vision, God, comes from your spirit, God. I believe every dream comes from your spirit, God. again thank you so much for listening share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe see you next time